So you know it's time to make a change, whether it's a career change or a personal one, like a change in your eating habits, exercise habits, or even a change in your relationship. You know this in your head that something needs to be done, something's got to change, but let's be honest, knowing and doing are not the same thing, the latter being much harder than the former, right? So in this week's episode of Happy Without Medicine, I'll be sharing some concepts and steps that have enabled me to make one of the biggest, scariest changes of my life. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. I vividly remember sitting in the kitchen with some friends of ours one winter afternoon and having a conversation around how unfulfilled I was feeling. This was back somewhere around 2018, so the winter of 2018. At the time, my thoughts didn't center around my work as an ER physician because I didn't know then what I know now. I didn't know my values and that I was living outside of my values. I didn't know my strengths and that the work that I was doing was, again, diminishing and not leveraging on any of my strengths. I didn't know what my zone of genius was, which is connecting with people and allowing them, enabling them to see their problems from a different perspective to allow for creative solutions. And on top of that, I didn't know the things that I could do professionally outside of being an ER physician. So to me, this was my job and this was it. The dissatisfaction I was feeling seemed to be universal. I mean, nurses were quitting, my colleagues, other physicians would complain about the same things. And I thought that, well, this is just the way it is. This is life of an ER doctor. Deal with it. (laughs) So around the kitchen counter that day, I was expressing feeling like I wasn't where I was supposed to be, literally. As in physically, I'm literally in the wrong place for me to be able to realize my potential and for my family to evolve into the type of family for us to have the type of future that we had dreamed for ourselves. I'd lived in the city for seven years, and because home was in the greater Toronto area, the GTA, this is where I had spent my teenage years. This is where I went to the latter part of high school, where I went to university, med school, residency. And so whenever I would come back to the GTA, whenever I would come back to Toronto to visit my mom, my aunties, cousins, my friends, I would have this feeling of inspiration just overwhelm me. I was inspired to dream bigger, to think of big ideas, and to think of creative solutions to problems that I was seeing all around me. And so I concluded that, you know, I'm inspired when I come to Toronto. I'm uninspired when I'm in Manitoba, in Winnipeg. It must be the city. I concluded that the problem must be in the city that I was currently living in. And I had this restlessness thinking that, leaving would solve this problem of dissatisfaction. 
And by the way, if you haven't listened to episode 19, definitely go back and listen to that when you're done with this one, because the feeling of restlessness is one of the symptoms that I discussed that tell you something in your life is about to change or is trying to change. So definitely go listen to that episode because it talks about the signs that a transition is waiting for your permission and participation to happen. So I incorrectly concluded that the need for change, the need for change that I was experiencing had to do with my physical location, which to be honest, may have been partially true for me, but also not completely true because I have some of my best friends who are living in Manitoba, living in Winnipeg, and are doing amazing things. They are walking in their purpose and they are making tremendous impact. So shortly after I started to really identify this feeling of restlessness inside of me, it felt like I was just going to work, just going through the motions. It felt like I was just bearing it, enduring it, right? It felt like I was enduring my career. Shortly after I started to identify all these feelings, an opportunity for my husband to transfer to Toronto came up. And it felt like, yes, this was the right time. This was the right decision. And it was the right time. It was the right decision. It just felt like everything was lining up for us to engage in this change that was has had been waiting to happen for me and for my family. So we moved back to the GTA and coincidentally I was 8 months pregnant at the time. I went on maternity leave. By now we are in the spring of 2019 and it was in this season that I realized that beyond a change in my physical location, more changes needed to happen. I started to ask questions about my purpose, what kind of impact I was currently having on the world and what kind of impact I had the potential to have. I started to think about legacy. I think there's something about becoming a mom, even though this was my second child, there's something about becoming a mom that made me start thinking about legacy. What kind of legacy would I be leaving behind for my two kids and generations to come? And to be honest, as I'm thinking about it now, I'm realizing that the legacy of being a great ER physician, although that is enough and that is what a lot of my friends and colleagues and people in the medical community aspire to, which is completely fine and they do amazing work in that community, it just wasn't it for me. In fact, I noticed that I was being drawn more and more to my interests and my abilities outside of medicine, outside of being a doctor. And so in sharing my experience, I want to talk about what some of those concepts and those steps that I ended up taking, what they were, and how it got me from being a full-blooded ER physician to now the work that I'm doing as a therapist helping other women find their happiness. And so The first thing I want to talk about just in sharing my story is that the change that you think might need to happen might not be the only one. It might not be the final one, but make the change anyways, because one thing will lead to another. So as I described, I was convinced that I needed to leave Winnipeg. I needed to leave Manitoba in order to find the solution to the problem that I was experiencing, which was the restlessness and the dissatisfaction, only to find that once I had physically left Winnipeg and was now living in the GTA, it was so much more than that. 
But if I hadn't taken the first step to changing my physical location, these other things may not have come to light. And so I'm not saying that you have to pack your bags and move somewhere else, but maybe there's a change that is right in front of you that seems to be the obvious thing that you can adjust in your life, that seems to be the obvious difference that you can make in your life, and that will eventually lead onto the next. You know, there's a quote that says that you might not see the entire staircase, but just go ahead and take the first step. And I'm paraphrasing. And as you take one step, put one foot in front of the other, the staircase and the destination becomes clearer and clearer. And that has certainly been my experience. So maybe for you, like I say, it might not necessarily be leaving your job. It might not necessarily be moving, but maybe you need to cut off communication for some time with a specific individual. If we're talking relationships, Maybe you need to spend some time by yourself. Maybe you need to take a weekend to get away and just do some thinking, some journaling, some reflecting. Maybe you need to delegate some projects that you have just been given that is going to be more responsibility for you so that you can spend some more time, that extra time, reflecting on what you want out of your career. And so these changes don't necessarily have to be drastic ones, but if there's something right in front of you that seems to be the obvious next step, go ahead and make that change. Go ahead and take it. Go ahead and engage with it. And although it might not be the final destination, it might not be the big aha moment for you, it's one step in the right direction. Okay, so I want to encourage you to just think about what is it that's in front of you right now that seems to be the thing that's calling out to you for that change and go ahead and take it and see where it leads, okay? The next thing that I want to talk about is, as you already know, and maybe you're already experiencing this right now, courage is crucial. It's going to take a lot of courage to make these big life changes, or even just to take the next obvious step, the next simple step. And this is why most people honestly stay stuck because making a big change or what you know is the first step towards a bigger change is very, very scary. And it can be quite expensive too. I mean, I took a very big pay cut when I decided to leave the ER and decided to go ahead and train as a therapist. But you know what? At the time, I had a safety net. I had a safety net of support, which grew over time. I'm going to talk about two, the two types of safety nets that I had. I'm going to talk first about the people, the community I had around me that served as a safety net. Having a safety net is so crucial in finding the courage it takes to make a change in your life. And when it comes to people, it may not be your family at first. And I'm speaking from experience, you know, which is very understandable. I mean, please don't put your family under that unfair pressure to support you from the very beginning when you're trying to make a drastic change in your life. Especially if you're someone like me who does things that don't always make sense on the outside to other people, <laughs> right? If you're someone like me who you, you're constantly having ideas and you want to try things differently and you're not someone who does things traditionally all the time, don't expect your family to support you right away. Allow them to be skeptical. Don't take it personal. Don't allow it to discourage you. Allow them to question you. Allow them to challenge you and don't be offended. 
because for the majority of us, it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of concern or maybe even fear on their part. And yes, sometimes maybe the way that they express it isn't always the most encouraging. It may not even be kind. But at the end of the day, they're allowed to express their skepticism, right? And so, yes, some of us are blessed with extremely supportive families from the get-go. But if you're surrounded with people who are more logical, who are more analytic in their decision-making, expecting their support from the jump might be a bit unrealistic. Allow them to grow into their support. But having said that, like I said, having a safety net, that support is very important. And the key is to find it elsewhere. Your family will eventually come around. It may take weeks. It may take months. (laughs) For some people, it may even take years or decades. But in the meantime, you can't wait. You can't wait for your family to come around when it comes to walking in your purpose and walking in that change, that transition that's calling out to you. Find a safety net. And that could look like a community of, if if it's entrepreneurship, for me, it was a community of other entrepreneurs. It may be a mentor. It may be even a coach, someone that you meet with weekly or every other week to talk about your dreams and to give you guidance. So find that support, find that safety net, even if it has to be outside your family in the beginning. The other type of safety net that I want to talk about that's very important, especially if we're talking about a change in career, is a financial safety net, right? Having money in the bank that gives you that freedom to make these changes that we're talking about. So for us, we had savings to support us through the first year or so of my transition out of the ER. So we had money that we put aside, not for this, because obviously this wasn't something that we planned, but we ended up having to use that money to support us during the season. And it was fine because it was the pandemic. And for various other reasons, we weren't spending as much as we would have been. But then the kids went back to school, their Montessori school, and we were paying for that, right? Things started to open up again. We were traveling for family functions. We were investing in property. We were doing renovations. And then the reality started to sink in. The reality of what it meant to have given up that ER physician income started to sink in for me. And so this is a good segue into point number three, which is, As you're making these big decisions to change your career, whatever it might be, be prepared that you might start to question your decision, right? You might start to question your decision to make this change, especially after you've made the decision. So you've gotten to the point where you have made the decision, you've taken the first step, be prepared that you might start to question it and even go back to what is familiar. And this is the pattern that I see so many times, especially if there have been consequences. So those consequences could be financial, like they were for me. They could be loneliness, feeling lonely. I see that a lot where women make a big decision to leave a relationship that isn't serving them. And then they start to get lonely and then they go back, even though it wasn't one that was healthy. For me, the consequences were financial because like I said, I took a big pay cut and I was also investing in my learning and my development on this new path. I was starting my own business and bootstrapping it all. I was investing in coaches and certifications and yeah, it all started to add up. 
And eventually we obviously lost that financial cushion that we once had, that safety net that we once had started to get really thin. (laughs) It wasn't as lush as it had been. And I started to question, I started to question all of it. I started to question my decision. Am I making the right choice for my family? All these doubts started to come up. You know, is it worth the risk, right? And in fact, I'll be very honest and transparent here. I did pick up several ER shifts to compensate for the loss in income. I even applied to go back to the ER here in the GTA. I applied for a full-time ER position. I would say things like, you know, just do this for six more months and then you can leave. Or, you know, now that we're in Toronto, it's a completely different city now. Maybe things would be different, even though my colleagues were telling me otherwise. My friends who work in the city were telling me otherwise that, nope, it's just as bad. It's just as stressful. You know, I would say things like, you know, your circumstances have changed. Maybe you'll like it better. I even started to get really hard on myself saying things like, you know, you you need to prove that you can do this ER work. And it's just that you're choosing not to. You're not copping out. You need to prove that you can cut it. You need to prove that you left it not because you can't do this work, but because you're choosing a different path. You know, I started to get really hard on myself. I started to ask, you know, are you just going to throw all your training away? What about that? Are you just going to sacrifice all the years of training that you put into becoming an ER physician? I had lots and lots and lots of questions. But like I said, I did pick up a few ER shifts at the beginning of this year, 2022. And every time I would walk through those doors, I remember I would ask myself, why am I here? Why am I here? Well, I knew why I was there. (laughs) I knew I was there, but there was such a distinct difference between how I felt in my office working one-on-one with the women I work with versus the work that I was doing in the ER. And so I remember distinctly a man who had come to the ER. He was probably around his late 60s. He had collapsed on his front lawn and came to us in what we call heart block. So his heart wasn't beating as fast and as efficiently as it needed to beat in order to keep him conscious. So he wasn't getting enough blood supply to his brain. So as a physician, I did what I needed to do to get his heart beating again. I applied a pacemaker. And the interesting part was I was not moved. It was such a weird feeling. I was not moved. I literally, with the help of my team, of course, just saved a man's life. You know, I rode in the ambulance with him because this was in a rural hospital. I rode in the ambulance with him to transfer him to the cardiac ICU so he could get a permanent pacemaker. And I wasn't moved by any of it. And when I contrast that to the exhilarating feeling I get when I'm with my clients and they're having life-changing, relationship-mending, generation healing, breakthroughs, ah, the contrast, the difference was so clear. And my reason for leaving the ER becomes so obvious when I contrast how I feel when I'm working with my clients one-on-one in my office versus when I am working in the ER. And this brings me to my final point is that think about why you're leaving. Think about why you're making this change. Think about why it is that you're deciding to muster up all that courage and put one foot in front of the other towards that dream that you have. Every time I think about going to the way things were, I'm like, nah, nah. 
I am so much happier now. And this change has had an impact on how I am showing up in my marriage, how I'm showing up with my kids, and how I'm showing up in the world in general. And knowing this is what gives me the courage to keep building out this path and building it out and building it out and dreaming even bigger and bigger and bigger to keep impacting the lives of the women I work with using empathy, creative problem solving, collaborating, and coming up with solutions that fit who they are and where they are in life versus these clicky cutter answers that are very algorithmic and very structured. I remember one of my clients then, she was someone who had kept going back to a job over and over again that was literally killing her. It was killing her soul. It was killing her marriage, her relationship with her kids, but she kept going back. And she's not the only one. I have several women who I work with who I've helped guide out of this cycle. And she kept doing this and she kept doing this until she finally crashed. And it took her several months to recover, several months off work. I was working together for her to recover. So please don't do that. Please don't forget why it is that you're making this change. I know it's hard. I know it's scary. I know it's expensive. But think about the opportunity cost. Are you letting go of your happiness? Are you sacrificing your happiness? What about your health? What about your legacy? What are you giving up by refusing to put one foot in front of the other and staying stuck? What are you giving up by giving into fear? by talking yourself out of making those changes, taking those baby steps. In fact, I want you to write those things down. Write all the things down that you're giving up by staying stuck. Make that list and then look at that list and ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And so this brings us to the end of this episode. And I'm going to end with one of my favorite quotes by Erin Hansen, which says, There is freedom waiting for you on the breezes of the sky. And you ask, what if I fail? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? I love that quote so, so much because it reminds me of that push and pull between the worry that we have of failing as we think about our dreams and and our hopes and our desires versus taking that chance and knowing that there's so much freedom, there's so much happiness, there's so much joy and fulfillment on the other side of that. If we take that chance to step off the edge and spread our wings, chances are we will fly. And so if you found this episode helpful, please be sure to, first of all, share it. Share it with someone else who you believe will benefit from this. Give it a rating because when you give it a rating, the more ratings that we get, the more people are going to find this episode and get the strategies that they need to find their happiness. I mean, imagine a world, living in a world where we all have the courage to do what we need to do in order to be where we're meant to be. It would be such a beautiful, beautiful place. So be sure to share and also give it a rating. Until next time, though, remember that I'm here always fiercely advocating for your happiness. Bye. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuan Day, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up 
when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.